everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Soul Life Podcast. On this episode, we are talking about financial stability. I have a special guest who is going to address what a college student's primary financial goal should be, how to attain it, and some tips and tricks to owning your first credit card. So tune in and enjoy. All right, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and anything like that. So um, my name is Mike, uh, everybody who doesn't know me. Um, I'm 22. I'm currently a senior at a Canadian University on a bachelor's for finance program. So um, I got into finance like very late, I would say. I wish a lot of the stuff that I learned now, I would have learned um, going into college even in high school, you know, they don't really teach you these things. It's crazy when it really affects you. So a couple things um, that happened to me is like, I like shot out my like credit, like maxed out my credit card, like freshman year of high school, freshman year of college. So like, um, I lost my car, I got, um, something happened with my car, I lost my car. And then I was calling Ubers back and forth to school and I wasn't really paying attention to how much I was using on my card. I was spending a lot of money and I ended up maxing it out. So after that, like, whole big dispute happened. I ended up closing out the card and paying off everything that I owed. Originally, I wanted to work in athletic training and physical therapy because I love to work out. I love to go to the gym. So that was my main passion. And I started working in the program at school and I was like, yeah, this is not something I can see myself doing. And I was like, I can't keep working at the mall because I was closing late every night. I wasn't really focusing on my schoolwork. I didn't have the time to like really go on to study. So I was like, let me find a job that's only open from nine to five. And I was like, bank is only open from nine to five. So let me try working at, working at the bank. So after like a good four months, I ended up uh, getting, I had the opportunity, you know, to get a job at Chase Bank. So that's currently where I worked in. Throughout my, I've been there for two and a half years, maybe three years in um, December. And throughout my time there, I've learned so much. So, yeah. Awesome. That's um, a very cool and interesting story. Thank you for sharing. Um, now, as far as everything that you've um, told us, you mentioned how you basically, like what prompted you to working at the bank and the experiences that you've had. So now my question for you would be, you know, what should um, be a college student's primary financial goal, um, especially with like the experiences that you've had as a college freshman? What do you recommend college freshmen do and, you know, other grades as well? So, yeah, so, um... I feel like the first thing as a college student you should think about is saving, right? When you leave high school, a lot of people don't really have a lot of savings in high school because a lot of people haven't had the chance to, you know, work in high school. Now, if you have the opportunity to work while you're in college, because I know a lot of people don't, but if you do have the opportunity to work in college, savings should really be your biggest, your biggest primary financial goal. Um, when it comes to saving, right, it's crazy because like we go to college and then we're in a we're in a place where we're around so many different people, and a lot of people from what I from what I've seen personally, and even speaking for myself, are very like showy, and 
in terms of like, can you see a lot of nice cars? You see a lot of people from so many different backgrounds, like people who have money, people who don't have money. And that's not wrong. Nothing is wrong with that, right? The only thing is like, as a college student, a lot of college students don't understand the value of saving. I know I didn't until like, it was kind of late. And now I'm really just building myself back up from that point. Awesome. Um, so building um, up from that, what do you think are some practical um, ways or steps to take to achieve, you know, saving and like, what's the best way to go about it for someone who may not know how to? So the first thing that you want to do in terms of, you know, just going about saving is you want to write a list of your needs all the stuff that you want right and it's kind of hard to differentiate between the two sometimes like I know my freshman year in college I spent so much money on shoes that I felt like I needed but I realized that it's just things that I wanted um, first step is to separate your needs from your wants right now after we separate your needs from your wants, the next thing you want to do is to just look at your income versus all your expenses. And this will really give you a baseline of the money that you actually have accessible to. And what I mean by that is, for example, if your monthly expenses are a car note that you have to pay or rent, just food, um, stuff that is a necessity or bill, then that always comes out of the actual income that you receive. Anything left over from that, then that's the income that you have excess of. That's the money that you have just lying around. And that money is the one that you want to look at and set aside so you can save. Um, now, the best way to do this is when I first started working at the bank, um, I realized that I didn't know how to save. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And it was kind of hard because my whole job was for me to talk to people about how to do that. And I didn't know how to do it for myself. So what I did was literally every two weeks when I got paid, I wrote a list. I had a piece of paper. I would see my paycheck like two days before I would actually get paid. So I would write a list of the, all the accounts that I had open, credit cards, savings, um, checking account. And within those, I would see how much money I had to pay for my credit card or my car note. And then after that, I would put at least half of the money that was excess to me in my savings account. And then the rest, I would budget into, okay, like if I did want a pair of sneakers or if it was something that I saw that was coming out that I wanted, then I would take the money that was left and deviate some of that so I could, you know, save up a little bit of that every two weeks so I could get what I want. We want to talk about one of the most crucial parts about saving is actually saying, um, do you need a savings account? To save, you really don't need a savings account. And I say this to say that what a lot of banks don't tell people, right? A lot of banks don't tell students is 
or savings account, you have to keep up a certain amount of money in the savings account, right? For them not to charge you, whether it's monthly fees or for you to gain interest and stuff like that. A lot of times having a savings account is more harmful than it is beneficial. And I say that because it's not in place right now because of the whole COVID situation that we're going through. But before COVID, there's something called um, Regulation D, right? Federal Regulation D. And what that means for the banks is that you can only transfer from your savings account six times before the bank can change that to a checking account. And it's crazy because like, I know a lot of people do not know about that. And I know I didn't know about that when I first started you know, saving. Um, when we're talking about that, it's crazy because like you think that you're putting money into your savings and then it's like, shoot, like, oh, I need like to get gas, like let me transfer money from my savings. And then you can only do that six times within a monthly, a rolling monthly cycle um, before they change it to a checking account and start charging fees. So now you're seeing that every time after that six times, you get charged like five dollars here and there, five dollars here and there, five dollars here and there. And that adds up, all that little stuff adds up. So it's like, that's one of the biggest things that I tell people is like, if you're going to see yourself in a situation where you aren't able to like keep open a savings account only because you might need access to those funds, right? Even after you set up, oh, this is my expenses, these are my bills, um, and you put money into your savings, an emergency comes and you need access to those funds. Right? If you don't have a large lump sum amount of money to keep the savings account, then don't open a savings account. You can withdraw cash and keep it locked up somewhere safe, right? Or you can open up another checking account, right? And a lot of these checking accounts for college students are free. And you can just keep that money in the checking account. That way, that way when you transfer back and forth to a checking account, it doesn't affect you, right? A lot of college students um, should take advantage of those college checking accounts that a lot of banks offer, because a lot of times with those um, with those checking accounts, they are free, right? A lot of checking accounts, they um, just the regular ones that, especially from what I've seen, they charge you fees, right? Charging fees for a monthly uh, fee, and then this is the amount that you have to keep in your account, and these are little things that they probably neglect to tell you when you open the account and then after you open the account you're just seeing like damn like I just lost $40 in fees like, it's crazy so take advantage of those college checking accounts um, that's another one of the things that I feel like a lot of college students don't really know is that they have those accounts open in place for you to do so and then just do your research on the type of account that you're open you can always ask them, are there fees, right? A lot of people, when they're selling you something, because that's really what a bank account is. It's a product that's being sold to you. Um, so any good salesman, they want to make it in a way that just sounds amazing for you. Like you open up a bank account, it's like, damn, like you didn't tell me any of this when I opened the account, or you didn't make it seem like I was going to be going through with so many fees or so many processes just for me to get what I want. Like they'll tell you, for example, Wells Fargo, quick story. When I opened up my Wells Fargo account in high school, right? I opened it up because the lady, she came to my job, I was working at Chick-fil-A, and she was like, oh, if you open up the account, we'll give you 50 free dollars. So I'm like, okay, cool. All I have to do is open the account. She said, all you have to do is open the account. I opened the account, 
and I'm waiting. First two weeks pass, no fifty dollars. So I walk into the Wells Fargo. I'm like, hey, like you guys said, if I open the account, then it's, I'm gonna get fifty three dollars. She was like, oh well, you have to use your debit card like ten times before you can do it. So I'm using my debit card like all the time, and I'm running up my money. And I'm like, all right, like, there's still no fifty dollars. I go back. And she's like, oh no, only certain transactions on your debit card will work. So it's like no ATM transactions, no transfers, no, and it's like it's little stuff like that that they just neglect to tell you and then after that like a whole two months pass i didn't even want the 50 dollars <laughs> so it's like just to pay attention to you know all the little stuff you can always ask them questions never let somebody pressure you into feeling like you have to buy something or open up an account if you're not sure exactly what you're going into and if you ask them those questions they have to answer those questions they cannot just neglect to tell you yeah that was good thank you um all right so what i got from that is ask questions yes do your own research and don't open a savings account unless unless you, you need it <laughs> like for example if you have for example uh, a lot of people they have access to a lot more cash just their life situation or you know parents and stuff like that if you have access to a large lump sum of cash that you know you're not going to touch for a while, your best bet is to open up a savings account because savings accounts, uh, most of them um, inquire interest where you'll make money on the money that you have sitting. But if you're saving, for example, like, you know, $50 here and there, $100 here and there, depending on, you know, where you're working, $200, $300. Um, if it's not a large lump sum amount of money and you see yourself transferring back to your checking account or needing to access that cash more frequently, maybe it's not all of it, but even if you need to access some of it, every time you transfer from your savings to your checking account, it is recorded, right? And because of federal, federal regulation B, right? They, after six times, the bank has the ability to either close the savings account, change it to a new savings account, and then the bank itself, not the federal regulation, but the bank itself can charge you fees, and those fees vary from bank to bank. Which is why I say, like, if you don't need a savings account, if you don't have access to a lot of cash that you're just trying to put away and you see yourself going into it from time to time to time, then don't keep up, keep a checking account. All right. Um, all right, so the next thing, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but just like in terms of saving and stuff, because you mentioned the whole, like sometimes we're not really sure what our, how to differentiate between, you know, needs and um, what you want. How would you, like what's a, some advice that you would give to budget, you know, how to structure that? Cool, so perfect, right? Me, I love sneakers, right? I love sneakers. I built a genuine love for sneakers in terms of like, it's not even something I like to wear. It's just the history and the nostalgia behind the shoe makes me want to buy it. I probably won't even wear half the sneakers I have. And I just love it because of the, the sentiment that it has to me. So sneakers is something that I like in terms of budget, right? So when it comes to budgeting, one of the things that we want to look at is, again, your expenses. Um, you want to look at your bills and then you want to look at first all your needs like I was saying before so what I always do what worked best for me um, is write everything down so you can see it on paper when you see it on paper you have a lot more awareness 
to actually how much money you have accessible to you, um, how much your bills are, and how much you will have left over. Um, this is something that I started doing and it's worked for me ever since. Um, what you want to do is write down first how much income, for example, if we're taking a check, right? You get paid $1,000. So your paycheck is $1,000. You want to first write down that $1,000. That's what we're coming in. That's what's coming into us. You don't want to look at any money that we have currently sitting in our checking account. Um, you want to focus on that $1,000. Now, out of that $1,000, first things we want to look at is do we have any um, expenses? So first thing we have is $1,000, right? And then next thing, we want to look at our expenses. So you write down your expenses on the other side of the paper. And then we want to see how much our expenses are. So we write down everything that we have to pay. So for example, I'll put rent here. I'll put credit card and then I'll put phone bill. A lot of these are stuff that college students um, actually have to pay for, um, currently have to pay for. So if our rent is, let's put rent for $500, right? credit card, you usually pay $70 on a credit card. My phone bill is $70. Right? The total expense that we have here is $640. So we take $640, we subtract that from our $1,000. We are left with $360. So now that $360 is our $1,000 less our, all our needs, right? And now we can focus on our wants. So from that 360, right, we wanna see how much money do I feel comfortable saving, right? So if this is every two weeks, I know that out of that 360, I want to take $150 and I want to put that away from my savings. That's what I feel comfortable saving. That's where I want to start um, of saving. Now, in terms of saving, I just want to backtrack a little bit. You, When it comes to the amount that you save, it's all up to what you feel comfortable starting off with. So you don't have to let anybody ever pressure you into saying, well, I have to save more, I have to save less, because some people were just in different positions. A lot of us are, you know, have jobs that pay a little bit more. A lot of us are working in our career fields. A lot of us aren't working in our career fields, right? So when it comes to saving, you really just want to save what you feel comfortable. So don't let any, like, you know, if you have friends around you and you see, oh, they're saving more than you, don't let that, you know, persuade you into putting more money than you have to away for savings. Because the point of the savings is this is money that we're trying not to touch. And unless of an emergency or stuff like that. Because again, if you put money into your savings, you keep transferring back to your checkings, that's where they start charging fees, they close out the savings account, and it just brings about a whole bunch of problems that can really be avoided, right? So you just wanna put away what you're comfortable saving. 
So out of this 360 that I have left over, I want to save $150, right? So I know that every time I get paid, less my bills and my expenses, I want to put away $150. So that leaves me with $210. Now it's crazy because at the beginning of the paycheck, we had $1,000, right? And a lot of people don't see like where that money goes. I know like after two weeks, you'll probably get paid and be like, damn, where did all my money go? And writing down your expenses um, versus how much you're putting in when you're saving shows you the amount of money that you actually have access to. So we can see that from that $1,000, you really only had access to $210 that we are able to spend every day. So now from that 210, if there's a pair of sneakers that you want, right? You can see, is it really worth getting it? Right? A lot of these sneakers, like what, 160, 200, um, pay 160 for a pair of Air Jordan ones that come out out of that 210, we're only left with $50. And a lot of people only get paid every two weeks. So that's $50 after those shoes that you really have to spend for two weeks. And I know for me, that's a stretch, right? So this is one of the ways that it's best that I see for me to budget. And it's been working for me. I introduced my brother to it and it's been working for him. Um, it's just to write everything down. And then we can see after we take away our savings, the money that we want to put away, um, we can see how much money we actually have accessible to us. That was great. Thank you. I just learned a whole lot. Um, um, the last like official question that I want to ask you is now in terms of all of this and like what you can spend and everything for college students that become eligible to own their first credit cards, what are some guiding tips that you can give with regards to that? Well, um, one thing I'm going to say first is credit is amazing, right? When you use it the right way, um, you need credit to do a lot of stuff in life. Um, after you graduate, credit is really one of the biggest factors that plays in whether you get a house, um, whether you get a car. Really, a lot of the big financial decisions that, um, that you have to make, a lot of them are really based on credit. And... As a college student, a lot of us really don't know how to, the right way to use a credit card. So, let me just pull up my notebook here. So, it's like writing. It's, it's a lot of math. Well, not a lot of math. It's good enough. So, we're going to take, for example, $1,000. So, you're a college student and you want to open up a credit card. Um, you apply for a credit card. First things first, if you really don't have any credit, your best bet is opening up a secure credit card. Now, the difference between a secure credit card and a normal credit card is that a secure credit card is money that you put in from your own account to use as credit, right? So the good thing about that is a normal credit card is the money that the banks are lending you bank is lending you a certain amount of money and then you use that as credit. But with the secure card, the bank really isn't lending you any money. It's the money that you already have accessible to you as cash. And then you put it into a separate account called a secure credit card. And then you use it as credit. 
And it, this is for um, a lot of beginners to build their credit, or if you already had like, you know, problems with your credit before, this is what you would use to help build your credit. Um, and it's really a great, it's really a great tool. Uh, now, a lot of banks do offer them, you just have to go again and do your research, but it's really a great tool when you're trying to build credit. But uh, for our purposes, right, we're gonna talk about the credit cards that the bank gives you the loan and then you would use this credit. Now, if you're a college student, um, you apply for a credit card and then they tell you that you're approved for a $1,000 spending limit. So to you, like I know for me, when I first got my first credit card, they approved me for $700 and I thought it was rich. I went and bought everything and I ended up spending up. I was like, as long as I don't spend over 700, then my credit is gonna be affected, right? And that's not the truth. <laughs> so one thing is like, they don't tell you is, when it comes to credit, you really only wanna use 30% of the actual credit limit that they have accessible to you, right? And it's crazy because like you get approved for a thousand dollars and you tell me that I can only use 30%, which is 300. Um, it's like, that's, that's not a lot of money. Why? Like, what happens if I go over that? Now, normally how um, the credit, uh, the credit uh, reports, how they see it is that anything over 30% that you're spending, it's hard to, it's harder to pay that back. They did some math, and from their math, they saw that the average, average person is really only able to pay back 30% of the credit limit that they're actually approved for. Anything over that, they're, they're making payments on it, but it's really hard to pay that back in full, right? Which is crazy. So from this $1,000 credit card that we got approved for, we only really want to use 30%, which is 300. Um, but now, a lot of people don't know how to use a credit card. Now, in terms of a credit card, I would recommend using it on stuff like needs. For example, gas, probably put a phone bill on a credit card. I'm not saying like you can't spend your credit card on stuff that you want, but you have to make sure that is something that you're able to pay back, which is what I'm gonna get into a little bit later. But you wanna really put needs on it first. Um, not something that's too crazy that's gonna go over that 30%. Because that's something that you know that is gonna be taken out periodically and you're able to budget for that. And you're saying, I know that this date they're gonna take out $50 right, for my bill. And I'm able to pay that back. Now the good thing about a credit card is you get charged every week. Well, every week is when you have to pay back your credit card. Now, here's where it gets a little crazy, right? So bear with me. Um, every month in your statement period, right? Your rolling statement period is, it's never really, you know, from first to the 30th of the month. It's usually when you open up the account, they give you a certain amount of rolling days as to when they're gonna give you your statement balance and then when they're gonna give you your uh, card balance, right? So in those, in that rolling statement period, that's when anything you purchased will have to be paid back, right? 
Now, normally they give you a minimum fee. So like say you squat for like $100 in a month and you're not gonna pay for $100. They'll probably give you a minimum fee of like $35, right? But the thing about that is, right? Say you're only paying the minimum fee that um, they're asking you to, right? There's interest on credit card, which means the money that you have left over, they'll charge you a certain amount of interest on. So for example, if they charge me like $15 interest on that $100 and I only pay back 35, then I'm really only paying $20 to that card because the interest is gonna eat up most of the payment. And if we only keep paying that minimum fee, then we realize we're not really making any payments to the card. This is how a lot of people get into credit card debt. Because a lot of times the interest is just as much, if not more than the minimum payment that you're paying on the card. So you don't really see a change in what you're paying. You only see it stay the same and it's like you've been paying the same credit card for years. And I know this because I've seen it firsthand with my parents. So one thing, one way to you know prevent this, a preventative step is anything that you're going to put on your credit card make sure before the state at the time of purchase you have at least half to pay for and you're going to have at least half to pay that way we can get away from get away from like having that money sit on that card and requiring a lot of interest on it so usually i recommend if you don't have half to pay for it on your credit card don't buy it wait until we save up a little bit more money right and then when I have half to pay for it then I'll be able to put it on my card because I know if anything happens that I'll be able to have that money to cover a lot of the interest that's gonna you know come into place after using one of the other things uh, I would recommend is to also just watch our spending right with a credit card, you're tempted to spend a lot of money, but you have to remember that it's not really our money, it's the bank's money. So for college students, it's the easiest way to get into debt because it's like you have access to a lot more cash and you want to spend the cash, but then we don't know the right way to spend it. And usually the right way to spend it is to only use 30% of the card. If you use that 30%, then you're more able to pay it back. Anything above that, your credit score actually starts to begins to become effective. Any questions you have for me so far? Okay, so you mentioned that there's like the statement period that like you pay stuff off mm-hmm. at the end of, but then you also said that there's like a weekly thing that goes on. Um, so like, what's the difference? So basically, right, the difference is the statement period statement period is when the credit uh, is when the is when your card gets is when your card gets all the charges that you required in that period right so for example if my statement period on my credit card is from January 1st to February 1st right that statement period everything I bought in January 1st up until February 1st has to be paid back February 2nd or they're charging me interest on anything that I didn't pay back, right? 
Now you also have uh, the credit report period, which is, I've seen some places do it um, every like two weeks. It depends on the company, actually. And it depends on the card. A lot of these places depends on the card. But it's when the credit, um, it's when the credit companies and like all the like your credit reports, credit report companies, um, they get access to everything like you've been buying and spending. And that's when your credit score starts getting generated. You'll see your credit score um, updated usually. So we want to be aware of this too, because this is how we can see like the pattern of our credit score, right? But the biggest thing about the statement period, which is again, that rolling 30, it's usually rolling 30 days of using your card during the time the account was open. So it's usually like, say if I open my account on the 14th, it'll probably be 30 days from that business date. Um, and then that will be when my next payment will be due. Now from that, right, from that, that's where the interest comes from. And that's where like they generate, like you know, your month, your monthly payment, your minimum payment, right? That you have to make all right, so is there anything else that you wanted to add in terms of just navigating um, a credit card and stuff? Like um, we covered paying it, um, like the pay, payment due dates and stuff like that. Any tips on just like when to pay or how to build your credit, stuff like that? So a good tip, especially something that I think is like a lot of people get paid every two weeks. Now, you don't have to pay back your credit card until that rolling 30 days. Now, usually, um, you're able to make like probably like two payments on the card, or you're usually get um, you're usually able to get two paychecks. Right, if you're getting paid every two weeks, you'll get paid two paychecks in that period, and then your bills will come out at the end of the month. Right. So, in terms of a credit card. You're spending wisely if you don't have half at the time of purchase, because if you're able to pay that half that first week at the purchase, right, and then pay that half the second week, then you don't have a minimum, you don't have a balance left over to pay at the end of the statement, because you just paid off, you know, what you were buying for that monthly period, for that statement period, which is why, like, I recommend usually having at least half of what you're trying to purchase. Um, okay, so that sounds great. Thank you for answering these questions. I think you provided a lot of valuable information. Um, and then, yeah, like shout yourself out. Let us know where to find you and all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, one of the biggest like, tips that I you know, give to my brother that I really learned for myself and anybody who really asks is you're not really in a rush, right? It's not a race to see who can save the most, who can make the most. It's all at your own pace. So you should never really feel pressured into uh, putting yourself in a situation that financially you're not able, right? We all um, grow differently. We all go through life differently. We all have different experiences. And social media only portrays the best part, you know, of those experiences. So you can, to somebody's like from from the outside looking in, right? They might look at you and they might you might see somebody and be like, damn, like, this person has a lot of money, a 
all the highest, you know, fashion, latest car. Anytime something comes out, they get it. But again, we don't really know that person's financial situation at the end of um, So you never really want to feel pressured into putting yourself into a position that financially that you weren't able to. And we all have to make a plan. When it comes to finance, you always want to make financial plans for short term, you want to make it long term. Again, one of the biggest things I want to reinforce in this is saving. If you guys ever have any questions, you know, my Instagram is Mike.Pacific, as like the ocean. And I realized that being a first generation, you know, American, first generation, um, you know, college student of my parents, that it's hard like you know this is a lot of information that they don't teach you it's a lot of information that my parents didn't have access to and had they had had they had access to it they would have been better off in a better place than they actually are now all right so this officially concludes our episode on financial stability in college i know that this episode is quite long but there's so much great information to receive and so i hope you guys enjoy it do not forget to head over to stylebykai.com where my friend kai is providing even more resources for you to be successful financially in college and as always remember life is beautiful so live because wellness is essential